Shuzma with us this morning, all the way from Kathmandu in Nepal. I've been serving there for some 20 odd years. They did network training with us, 21, 22 years. Was it in the same group as you, Cheryl? No? Year before. Yeah, same year as Caroline. And so it's lovely to have them uh, with us. Come forward, please. We would. Uh, I'm just going to read, read those verses, and I'm going to hand over to Milan and Shuzma to share with us. Come forward. Romans 12, verses 12. Rejoice in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. And do it, prayer without ceasing. Thank you so much. It's just a great to be here again. Thank you so much for your warm welcome and this opportunity to share some of the things what the Lord has been doing in Nepal. Uh, we all are here uh, with our three daughters. Our eldest, Amishu, is now 18 <laughs> and she just finished her college and she took the baptism as well uh, just a few months ago in Nepal. So we are really blessed to see our girls are growing in the Lord together. And yes, it has been a 20, yeah, first years that we connected with ICTHUS. And we are having our 20th anniversary of the church in three weeks' time in Nepal. And you are all invited. <laughs> Come and have some kore. <laughs> in Yorkshire, there's a kore love. <laughs> so we really are glad and we thank God. Uh, for the things that he has been faithful to us, especially in the, during the pandemic, uh, we have seen God's hands upon us. And in our ministry, we have some of the clips here. I just go in a bullet, and Susma will do the preaching part. Uh, I, sorry, I just paste this side so that I can uh, see the things. So this is Nepal. Those who you are not know uh, are yet to come to Nepal, please come and see and bless us. This is one of the main church that we have. Uh, called Anandit, means joyful, and this is the Christmas time. Uh, we don't have the others one, but we'll just keep going. Uh, so during the COVID, uh, in the last two and a half years almost, we had a lot of ups and downs moment. Uh, because of the people couldn't come to Nepal, all our business, especially the tourism business, which is the biggest, our income in Nepal, all gone, uh, gone very down, and it started now a little bit to come up, so please continue, pray for us. So people got jobless, and because of that, you know, uh, we have a, a lot of opportunity, actually, to support them that time. People, psychologically, many people, they uh, actually committed suicide because they lost hope, and they're really scared with the death and this virus. So there has been a lot of, you know, uh, that psychological effects in people and in the family. And spiritually, you know, we feel very disconnected from the church to each other. So we had a lot of uh, prayer ministry through the Zoom and for the fellows uh, with the social media as well. And the physically, you know, we've been a little bit distant, so we had to be. But uh, physical needs was there, so we helped the people. You know, you can see this is one of the uh, picture that all the hospitals ran out with the oxygen when the Delta variants hit in Nepal. So, you know, within a half an hour not having a, uh, oxygen, 
know, 200 people died in one hospital. And that was the case, you know, over and over. So we continue prayed uh, for people uh, that they would, uh, you know, at least find some oxygen or, or the Lord's hand. And slowly things got better. And this, another thing last year was a big natural disaster. One town in the northern part of Kathmandu swept during the uh, monsoon. And right now, actually, in Nepal, if you, you know, watch the news, I mean, now it's more dominant with the Ukraine, but there are some, you know, uh, natural disasters taking place again. The rivers are going through the villages, and people are being very homeless overnight. And last year also, in, during the October, you know, we, this is the harvest time. And because of the climate change, people lost a lot of crops. All the rices were about to harvest, but that is all been swept away. So one after another, you know, there has been a, a disaster. But God still gave us the opportunity to pray for people and to train people and to plant the church as well. Uh, yeah, this is the... Uh, one of our church in Changathali, who just celebrated seventh anniversary, and there have been a few baptism as well. So last year, I think we baptized around 20 people, uh, even though it was the pandemic time. And yes, we continue to have this online fellowship, daily prayers, early morning prayers, Bible study, and we did women conference, and we had a great opportunity to have faith on the <laughs> on the speaking as well. So yes, we continue, you know, continued our program, even though it was a pandemic and we could not meet physically, but still we did in a little groups and in the online. This one family on the right, on the left, you can see Gunabadr. He was mentally ill, but after he came into the church, he got freed and now he's with the family and wonderful. You know, similarly, this girl, she's been healed from the cancer and now she just gave her a, gave a little a daughter, a birth, which was fantastic. This is one guy called Prabhu Bajay, everybody called him. He came to our church and he have nowhere to stay. So we let him to stay in our church. But he is a very, very uh, prayer warrior. So he reads many places and he goes around praying for people and lots of healing took place. I mean, he has his one remarkable you know, testimony. So this is kind of thing is happening during this pandemic. And because of him, he was praying uh, and having this uh, meeting of the healings. So this is our new church uh, where we started, you know, through these healing rooms. And there has been uh, so many uh, deliverance as well. And some of these young people also been healed. And this is the training uh, we had last year. You know, the church grows and many youth are now driven to go abroad to work or to study. So we needed a lots of leaders. So we had a uh, two trainings, one in the eastern Nepal for two months, which is a residential, and one is in Kathmandu, and this is, uh, in every three months, we have a one-week whole training so that the pastor can come, uh, you know, for a week rather than two months, they cannot make it. So these two trainings is still going on, and we had a great opportunity to welcome Abi, Phil, and then Emma to come to inaugurate the training in the eastern Nepal recently in opera. And even though it was a uh, you know, pandemic and restriction, but still we had few youth conference in the border of Tibet and also Sushma could travel many places actually in Nepal uh, to teach the women and also to have the 
women's ministry. Maybe she will tell a little bit more about that when she speaks. Uh, and this is another thing we did during the pandemic. Well, you know, as a charity, we always help people. And now even the other pastors started to come to our church to ask the help because we're always ready to, you know, give supplies, whatever we have. So last year we did some medical support, food supplies, and through micro business, we did a lot of, uh, helped a lot of families to have their own income. And that has been a great. So this is our project 2030, which has been there since uh, 2016. Yeah. So we are now about to purchase the land but still we have four, uh, around 39% to raise. That means 120,000 pounds. So please pray for us. Now I'll let Susma to speak. Wow, thank you. We are so privileged to be here this morning and uh, thank you so much for always keeping us in your prayers and supporting in our work. Um, I was just thinking where to start. There is so many things in our hearts we want to share with you and we humbly honor Roger and Faith for investing in our life. Earlier when we were worshiping, I was just... Excuse me. <laughs> I was just looking at our life 21 years ago before we came to Ictus, and uh, we were young. We didn't know what, what we wanted to do in our life, and we came as a blank sheet of paper, and uh, God used you to uh, empower us, and we are really humbled, and this morning I felt that love, and uh, that's why I was crying that God is so good. Amen. And we serve the God who is good and who says, I am the I am. And, and uh, because of him, I'm standing here. I am quite nervous um, because this is not my first language. But um, I have uh, some message to share with you. And I believe God will bless us. Amen. Um, I was thinking what to share and praying about it before we came here. And when I was a child, um, um, we used to recite Bible verses in Sunday school. And one of the verses that kept in my mind, stayed in my mind, is Romans 12, 12. And that says in Nepali, I was always very quick to say this, that asama ananda gara sankrishtama istiro, pratnama atut sanga lagiro. And thank you, Martin, you have already read that in English earlier. That we are asked to uh, rejoice in hope and persevere in tribulation and devoted to prayer. And the same thing Paul repeats in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 17 verses that rejoice always and pray without ceasing. And in our culture, it's, prayer is everywhere. But when I was reading Roger's book, like it's praying is like breathing. And you take and you um, breathe out as well. And you take from God and you receive from him and you breathe out that life wherever you go. And that was so strong in my heart. And when Debbie was sharing with us, um, when we were talking, uh, studying Daniels, and you talk about praying in two kinds. Uh, one is uh, prophetic prayer and one is priestly prayer. And that also helped me because... Everything we do is based on prayer. And I was so blessed when Martina was sharing about how prayer is impacting the mission that you are doing. And praise God for that. And whenever we come and think about Ixus and our family here, you are very much into prayer. 
I always see you praying and fasting and prophesying and you are reaching out to the Lord, um, reaching out to the lost for the Lord and that's what you have empowered us to go back to Nepal and do the same. So I want to thank you for investing in our lives and this is the verse I have lived in my life ever, ever since I was a very little child. We, I saw lots of um, poverty, persecutions, hardship in our nation. But this verse gave me a, uh, strength to rejoice. Whatever happens, I can rejoice because Jesus is with me. God is faithful. He is good and he helps us. I did not know very much thing, but I knew that God was good and he helps us and he heals people. And that's what we have been seeing in our life. And uh, even though when we had persecution inside of our home, in the community, because just because we were Christians, it gave me strength to keep going to the church, keep serving Jesus, keep looking for his face. And uh, I want to encourage, if we are going through difficulties in our life, God is saying to us, persevere, and he's there to help us. And the third thing is prayer. And I come from Hindu family. And if we count Hindu, in Hinduism, there are 33 trillions of gods. So many gods. And Hindu people are also devoted. They pray, they fast, they really worship idols with such a devotion. But only in Christianity we pray, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do in, with this life? How can I help people? How can I serve you? How can I advance the kingdom that you came to bring? In, in other religions, especially Hinduism that I come from and Buddhism, which is initiated in Nepal, it's all about pleasing God that, so that he can bless us, that he won't be angry. But the difference in Christianity is, yes, we ask for blessing that our God is good and he blesses us with, with good things, but we also pray that, Lord, you have purpose in my life. And how you want me to live my life. And this is amazing. And that's why I wanted to share this topic with you this morning. And my topic is living a life of persistent prayer. And persistent prayer, I don't have to go in meaning. I'm sure in persist what persistent means you know. It's continuing. And I was thinking, what is continuous prayer then? What is persistent prayer? This is so important. This is the most important factor that God has given us to talk to him. And I think this is the best gift as a Christian we have received, that we can communicate with the one who made the whole earth and who made us. I don't have access to talk to queen or our king, our prime minister. But I have access to talk to God who made heaven and earth. And this is amazing opportunity we have. And I pray that we grow more and more in this opportunity. We make most of it until the last breath of our life. Because we will see more when we use this gift that God has given us. Continue communicating with God. Speaking to the situation and living accordingly is the persistent prayer. And these three things I quickly want to share what I have in my heart. Continue communicating with God. What does this mean? And I was reminded of a Bible um, story from Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to 18. Please let me read this so that I can explain it a um, little better. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to um, 18, it, it's written... 
And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as, the, as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli washed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart only. Her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hallelujah. So this is what I see in persistent praying life. This woman who was full of bitterness and so much heart and pain and grief because to be a barren woman in those days was not easy. And she was reminded this weakness by her, by her husband's another wife time and again that she was not able to eat. If we read earlier verses, it says that. And when she poured out her heart, after pouring her heart out to God, she was no longer in the place of heart or pain. But I believe continued. She continued prayed with the prayer. Even though she already prayed and she went and she ate and her face was no longer sad. And I don't believe that that deal finished that day. That day. She was continuing praying to God. But not with grief and pain she was carrying, but with faith. She must be speaking the truth that God has been so good to my ancestor. He will be good to me as well. He has heard the prayer of uh, Isaac and, and Rebecca gave birth. I will give birth as well. She was speaking to her body. And I believe that she went from despair to declaration of God's goodness. And she remembered what Eli, Eli said. That God would grant you the petition that you have asked of him. Amen. And I draw the point from her life that that's what we're supposed to do. We come to God when we have pain and sorrow. Maybe for our life or for the family, for the church or for the nations around the world. What's happening in the world now? We come in brokenness. In the first place. And after that, when we cry out to God for the blessings and the for changes that we want to see in our life. And then when we get out from that prayer, then the prophecy starts to happen. We speak his promises and we say, Lord, there is war, but we know that you will bring peace. You will save people. I know there is pain in my body. There is sickness in my family. But I know that your goodness is flowing. We grow from that area when we are praying. Because when the prayer comes at the first place and then persistently, continuously we pray, we have already grown. And I hope you are understanding the point that I'm trying to make. And same thing happened to us during the pandemic. When we heard about 
people started to die so much, especially in Italy uh, news. People were so fearful. And normally, I don't get fear very much. I only fear with darkness because of my childhood experience. But I don't fear with other things, natural disaster. I get boldness and pray. But during the pandemic, one of our school group, they sent us a video from America who was a Nepali woman living in New York. And she was sharing, you Nepali people, you don't care about coronavirus. You have to be fearful. The condition in the hospital in New York is so bad. This is a very developed country. They have every equipment to treat people, but still people are dying. And you, you in Nepal, you don't have enough hospitals, enough in, uh, equipments and doctors and things like that. But still you are not fearful. And see, when I heard that two-minute video, fear started to come in my heart. And I couldn't sleep. It was middle of the night. And just before I went to sleep, I saw that video, and that was my mistake. And I was crying out to God, Lord, what happens? Same thing happened in Nepal. And I, I had a picture of people dying on the street and nobody there to pick them up. And all the horror that she was speaking, that came real to me. And I was so fearful. And then I woke, you know, stand up and I said, Lord, I cannot sleep because these things is just keep coming in my mind. Please help me. And I don't know what time, but later on I fall asleep. And in the morning, the fear was not there. And my daughter, Nesia, she started to be fearful. She said, don't talk about coronavirus. Don't, talk, no, don't look at the news. Don't say anything. And she started to cry, and she was so fearful. And what we started was we stopped watching social media. We stopped our television. And what we started was we started family devotion day and night. And we started to look into God's word and his promises. And we started to pray for people who were struggling in different areas of life. And then after a few days, uh, we were reading Psalm, uh, Psalm 23, Psalm 121, and Psalm 91. And surprisingly, our three-year-old, now she's six, but she was three that time. And she started to recite Psalm 23 without, without our help. She cannot read, but she hearing, we, we reciting that, and see also God. And Amishu started to recite Psalm 91, and Nesia started to recite Psalm 121, and that was our daily life. And then we were so full of hope after that, focusing on God's goodness and his world, not the fear of the enemy that which was, which was trying to limit us and not go outside of the house. But actually, we started to go out and meet people I'm keeping social distancing. We don't want people to be in, at risk. But we were helping out, supplying food and things like that. It started to happen. And uh, I believe this is because of the continuous prayer that we were doing. Living in presence of God gave us so much strength to help other people. And then we started our online um, fellowship and we started to preach from Facebook Live. And many people started to join and ask prayer. And God used us. So from fear... We came victorious, and God could use us in that area. So I want to encourage all of us, if we are going through anything in our life, like Hannah, like me in fear, anything that we are going, go to God and broke yourself. Ask Holy Spirit to break your heart in that brokenness. When you meet God, you come out as a different person. The situation will be still be there, but you will have the prophecy to tackle that situation. And that's what we have lived. And the second thing I want to share is um, co continued communication is the Eliza's prayer. When I love the verse in First King chapter 18, verse 41, before the rain came, the three and a half years drought, 
And before the rain came, he could hear in the spirit the rain coming. And that's what happens when we have persistent prayer, continuous prayer, and living in the presence of God. And he sends his servant to go and see from the mountain whether the rain was coming, anything was coming up. And he goes seven times, hallelujah. What a persistent, continuous journey that man did. And the faith that Eliza had, continue praying because he had heard it in the spirit, the prophecy that has already come inside of him. He was able to speak it out and send his servant to see that. And when they see small hand-sized cloud come up, then he sends his um, servant to the king to say that now the time has come for the rain. Hallelujah. And that's what we become when we hear the sound of the spirit. And when we see the pictures that God is bringing the cloud, the rain is on its way. Amen. So I say to all of us, the rain is on its way. All the prayer and the hardship, the hard work that we are doing in the name of Jesus, the blessing is coming. And we have seen that in our church. And um, connecting this with my second point, speaking to the situation or the enemies that come along the way, like Shradrach, Meshach, and Abedango, when they denied to bow down to the golden statue, they were in a situation to lose their life. And the king says, you know the consequences, but they say, whatever happens, even though you send us to the fiery furnace, we are not going to bow down to this golden statue and worship your God. Our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. And not just that, I love the next thing they say, even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your statue. Hallelujah. And we live that condition in Nepal. And I'm sure you live here in a different way as well. There's so many compromises that the enemy brings in our life that we are drawn to just say, maybe one more thing I say so that I won't hurt somebody or I can save myself from this situation. And later on, I will praise God again. But when we stay victorious, there is much more glory that God can bring from that situation. And I pray that we would be able to speak like Sraddak, Meshach, and Abedango to say to our enemies, to our situation, God will deliver me from this situation. Even if he doesn't the way I would like, I'm still going to worship God. Amen? Because he is worthy. He has already given his life for me. He has bled for me. And now I am not ready to bow down to anything else but to Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the word that we would be able to say in every circumstances. So continue communicate with our God. And the second thing is speak to our situations according to God's word. Amen. Amen. And when Milan was sharing, he showed some of the pictures from our church about healing and deliverance. And particularly one man called Guna Bahadur, he came to our, he was brought to our church because he was mentally suffering and he was a crazy person in the village. And when we came to our church, the healing was not instant. It took some time, but what we did was we spoke in this situation. God is God of wholeness, and your mental illness will go. We were speaking that truth, and all the church leaders were speaking that truth, and what we did was we encouraged him to read God's word. And as he read God's word, and however he knew to pray, he started to pray, and slowly his mind came to the right stage. And now he's a responsible man for his family. And whole family have come to know the Lord. Amen. Amen. And let's speak. Let's speak. 
to our situation. Hallelujah. And the third thing, the time is running out. I have two more pages to go. <laughs> and the third thing I want to speak is, you know, communi continue communication with God, speaking to our situation and living accordingly. Amen. What we have prayed, what Hannah prayed, she lived. And what Jesus prayed, he lived. His life was life of prayer. He did not just have a secret place with Father, and then when he went out, he did something else. But whatever he prayed, we see him doing. And I believe the life of consistent prayer is that life. What we pray, what we speak in the secret place with our God, which is so important, we live that when we grow to the crowd, when we go to our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, our villages, our community, and wherever we work. Amen? We live that. And I see in Jesus' life, it's always prayer. And every time we see Jesus going for prayer, it's like it's his habitual. Or in English, maybe there are different words. But in Nepal, it's like, it means he went to the mountain. He was in his own, you know, he, early in the morning he woke up. Whole night he was praying. It's life is full of, his life is full of intimacy with God. And that strengthened him to feel, fulfill the mission that our Lord came to do for us. Because we are his joy. And for that joy, he has suffered without complaining. And I'm forever grateful for him. And I was thinking in the Gethsemane prayer when Jesus was praying. What, why, why he was praying like that? That his prayer, when he was praying, his sweat, he was sweating blood. And in the Old Testament, when we see in the temple, there were seven times the priest used to sprinkle blood. And um, was it because he wanted to make that count seven? Because if we count, Jesus has bled seven times and from seven places. Or was it because he wanted to show the seriousness of sin? Because when he was praying, he was sweating blood and he was telling his father, if possible, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. How serious the sin was, perhaps Jesus wanted to show us that even Jesus, when he was carrying the whole world's sin, he had to be separated from his father. Wow, Jesus was separated because of my sin. Or perhaps he was showing us the relationship he had with his father and how intimately he can talk to him. And I also believe that he was showing us how can we pray when we are in difficult circumstances. He shared what was in his heart. If possible, take this cup away from me. And it's okay to ask what we feel. It's okay to share what is in our heart. If we are fearful, if we are full of doubt, or sometimes we feel desert land, it's okay to say to God. And then the next verse we must say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Amen? And when we pray like that, we can say like Stradak Meshach and Avedango, my God is able to deliver me. But even he doesn't, if he doesn't the way I would like, I'm still going to worship him. Amen? Because he's worthy of this praise and worship, trust and devotion. He is worthy. And his 
life was life of prayer, not in a passive way, but in an active way. And I pray that we would all grow as in excess. I don't have to say this, but I just want to remind that as we pray, let's become active. Rest of our life, because he's worthy. And I give you an example, and I'm finished. I remember somebody sharing about a person who is a great evangelist internationally. He was doing his theological training, and he came to England in a historical visit, visit. And his professor took him and his colleagues to John Wesley's home. And they, as they were looking around, they went to John Wesley's room. And by the bedside, there were two patches. And the professor explained how much John Wesley used to pray, kneeling on, that, on those patches. And then they all came back. And when the professor was counting his students in the bus, there was one man missing. And he went back to the house to find that person. And he saw a head just at the corner behind that, by the bedside. And he said, and he heard the person praying, Lord, do it again. Do it again, Lord. And the professor said, Billy Graham, come out. And we know what happened with his life. Millions of people came to know Jesus. And even when I was a little girl, I had seen his crusade on screen in Nepal. And that's our God. When we are in intimate with him, he brings revival. Amen. Praise God. I have many things to share, but I stop because the time has gone. But I would like to pray. Let's pray. As we are praying, I do like to pray in three areas. If you need strength to stay longer in his presence, in the situations you are going through, and need strength to persistently pray for that area, we're going to pray for the strength that comes from our Lord, from his Holy Spirit. And we also want to pray. You are in the situation. You want to talk to your situation. Talk to the enemy. We're going to pray that God will release his promise, his goodness, his living word for you in your mouth to say to that mountain to go away. And the third thing I want to pray is if you are lost in the journey, you have given up praying for something because you haven't seen the breakthrough. I want to pray that God will remind you again. Maybe he has already answered your prayer in a different way. Or he, the, maybe the prayer is coming. What would have happened if Daniel had stopped his prayer in 10 days, 15 days? No, he continued until 21 days and the answer came. So when we pray persistently, the heavenly secrets will be open for us. So we want to pray for you. Thank you.